With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. Welcome to Policy and Rights, the show about human rights and government policy. Okay, we caught up with uh, Annie Ohana on her way to a um, rally demonstrating for justice uh, for Chantal Moore, um, and she's on a sky train so there's there's going to be some background noise but um but you should be able to hear what, what annie has to say fairly clearly um about anti-racism about inclusiveness of all people of all kinds into our society and about um what it means to to be a human being and and what it means uh, to 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 be discriminated against, and how we can get rid of discrimination in our society. So uh, let's get uh, get on with it with that conversation that we have with Annie. All right, welcome back, everyone. I, I'm here today with Annie Ohana, and by now everybody should know who Annie is. Um, All right, buddy. Here we go. Activist, teacher, politician, um, just a, a all-around great person to to get to know because she because Annie stands for something. She doesn't just stand against something, but she stands for something positive, something positive for our world um, to to strive for. Um, so, with warm welcomes, welcome Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's very weird to hear the name politician, to be honest, because I don't. Um, but but that's okay. It's uh, if we're looking for systemic change, then you know my hope is that we can get voices into power uh, beyond mine. Uh, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. that that can really bring the change that we need. Right. So right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that introduction. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you did run for office. Um, I did. Yes. And you didn't. You. you um, I, I, I will preface the preface the, the politician part. You're not you're not running just to self serve your your pockets. You're running no. to to serve um, which which all elected officials should be doing. They should be running for that office to serve the community. And I think this is where we're starting to run into problems that we're seeing today. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, and and the reality that representation absolutely matters, and, and representation with a voice, right? So, yeah. um, what we're seeing is that when we're standing on the outside, fight 
change and, and asking for change, the systems in place right now are very hard to move forward. Yes. Actually, you know, like they're, they're white supremacists. They're, they're, they're built on settler colonial ideas. So, you know, the idea of change can be very difficult. I cut out again? Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, it sounds like you're moving in your on on a uh, on a train. Yeah, I am. I'm on a train. I'm headed down to uh, to a rally in downtown Vancouver uh, for Chantelle Moore, the, the young woman that was uh, murdered by police uh, in New Brunswick. So while while everybody is is focused on on um, of course George Floyd. Um, Having been been murdered by a police officer um, in the in the U.S., I should say allegedly um, murdered by a police officer in the U.S. because he hasn't been convicted yet. Um, yeah, yeah. That it does happen. It of course it happened here in Canada, and Canada prides itself on being more peaceful and understanding. Yeah. Um you know, peaceful for who, right? Is is probably said the right question to ask there, mm-hmm. um, and, and and also that it's quite insidious because we see it within education, we see it within policing, we see it within a lot of different institutions that there is still that that systemic violence, that that systemic racism, very much ingrained in Canadian culture, um, and so yes, we're oh, we're diluted with things in the United States. Uh, you know, our media is kind of dominated by them. But at the same time, uh, talk to anyone that is indigenous or black or a person of color, uh, you know, marginalized in some way, and, and you will hear stories of their daily experiences, right, where they face obstacles and barriers that certainly suggest that the peace is not uh, a quiet one, right? It's very much more of um, a forced quietness, uh, you know, a forced, a, a willful ignorance, if one uh uh, can think of that in terms of you know what we actually see and what we think Canada's like. Yeah, and other other news stories that um, that involve violence. Of course, they they talk more about um, gang violence and things like that. But the gang violence is centered around. Of course, it is a black person who is part of that gang. It is a uh, Latin person who is part of the gang. It is a Southeast Asian person. Um, We both live in the city of Surrey, uh, B.C. And Mm -hmm. um, the the police actually targets the, uh, the Southeast Asian population for having gang activity. Yeah, it, it's you sorry. Know, go ahead. It's mm-hmm. it, but that's not that's not not always the the tr- the truth, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a systemic cycle where you're seeing black and brown bodies criminalized um, for for doing anything, which is something that we can really think about when you think about things like. Uh, our indigenous, uh, our first people standing up for their sovereignty and their rights, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to shut down Canada and trying to do so peacefully. Um, And how that was criminalized, right? You have a prime minister, our prime minister, Prime Minister Trudeau, uh, who willingly says that, you know, what they're doing goes against the the national interest of Canada, right? So, you know, it's and we know that there's the labeling of of terrorists, right, that goes along with that. Uh, I I live and work in Surrey. I've I've almost... 
for almost 10 years now. And, and we see that within our South Asian population as well, uh, where because of the practice of, of racial profiling, um, because of a very misguided need to quote-unquote help, um, you see programs and initiatives that, that never take those those individuals as, as positive, as contributors to society. Rather, it's always problematic. Um, it, it, it's always seen as, as you know, there, there must be something wrong. Um, and, and that is very much part of the education system where we're seeing black, indigenous uh, people of color uh, where there's deficit thinking. And, and there's not really a strength-based approach to the idea of, you know, who are you? What's your identity? And what are you, you know, what are you learning? What are you providing to society, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and yes, and, and the amount, my students have seen it, I've seen it, we've all seen it, where, where we see uh, acts of racial profiling within our own police services. Um, and, so that is, um, and so that is a question that just has, I mean, sorry, that, that's something that must be investigated uh, and really troubled and, and really that our police services need to be taken to task for that. Uh, I mean, we just saw in Alberta where the RCMP said, oh, no, you know, it's not really a thing. Uh, we know that not to be the case. So it's, yeah. um, it, it definitely lives in the lives of, of anybody, again, that you talk to that is someone who is non-white, um, that they do face these realities in their daily lives. Yeah. Okay. Um, with uh, the the case of uh, First Nations Chief uh, Alan Adam in Alberta, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which this just happened two was it uh, two nights ago in a yeah, casi- in a like casino that, yeah. casino parking lot, um, yeah. and the the video is it it is being shared on YouTube. Um, you can actually go look for it, um, mm-hmm. and you see that the the police officer he clearly just dives across the screen and tackles him. He's already mm-hmm. there's already an officer that has 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 um Mr. Adam subdued. He's already yeah. he has his hands behind his back. He's got him subdued. There was no reasoning that I could see for for another <laughs> officer to have to dive across the 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 screen to 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 tackle him the way he did. Mm-hmm. Because he mm-hmm. was already he already was subdued. So exactly, you know, the, the, and this is part of that systemic thing. And after you see that happen, then of course you see like why do all these like I guess it's up to ten officers appeared it appeared in in the frame. It's like mm-hmm. why why this one one person over a traffic stop because of an expired tag. Yeah. Why do we have to have so many more people show up over o- over something like that? And it's probably it because speaks- he's First Nations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It speaks to how, you know, when we think about public safety, um, you know, what an expired tag might mean or, or, you know, whatever it is that people are being stopped for, we really have to think about then within the, the police officer's mind or, or the entire structure for that matter. You know, are they seeing it as providing safety for all? Are they thinking that everything is a threat? And sadly, Indigenous folks, Black folks, people of color, for the most part, are seen as threats. Um, under under the you know uh, under the idea of prejudice that is seated in all of us, right? Under the systemic structures we have that were built out of settler colonialities, um, sadly, everything is seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. You can ever have effective policing 
if you you know uh, that that seat that purports that they're about community and you know like like the ideas of, of peacekeeping um when all you do or or what seems to be the norm um is to just engage in you know uh, putting out threats um and that is i mean you watch all those videos it's just so common there there's uh, a domination there there's there's you know multiple police cars but and there's been so many social experiments done by people out there the same does not hold true when you go into a white neighborhood or if the if the individual in question that might have committed something white themselves. I mean, this has just been proven. I, I don't think anybody can deny that. that. Um, uh, I teach law, and, and, and one of the things that we look at is, you know, how we view police, right? Just, just like your first impression. And it's interesting that you'll have some kids who have more positive experiences with policing uh, and therefore don't really see a problem. But you talk to other kids who, you know, whether it's apprehension from the, uh, by uh, police um, as Indigenous families, Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's intergenerational trauma, right? Uh, it, there's all forms of things, right? Where they might have, you know, they have trauma from incident or, or incidences, uh, where, where they don't see, you know, they haven't seen that, that quote unquote, um, good side, right? And, and yes, yeah, so from the case several nights ago, um, and, and again, I hear these stories constantly, right? Of, of, uh, their, their mindset, I don't believe is the way it needs to be if you're truly going to provide a safe space. And and for the times when you do have uh, a possible crime, um, is it really dealt with in a way that's restorative, uh, in a way that, that protects the community, uh, rather than threatens and criminalizes and dehumanizes uh, the individual that you're looking at? Because the problem yeah. is, again, you're right, right? You have a chief um, who's treated as just, a common criminal, and, and that's something that very much is, you know, we have the Indian Act, right? Yes. <laughs> so, like, literally, our system is built to do that. It's built to to put Indigenous peoples and, and others um, under a very specific idea of who they are, what they are, and what they need to Canada. Yeah. The, the, there is something that, um, it, as um, you know, I grew up being a, a marginalized person, a, a mm-hmm. visual, visual mi- minority, um, mm-hmm. that, um, there's one thing, it's like, yes, we are chanting this over and over again, black lives matter, right? Mm-hmm. And in order for us to get to human lives matter, we have to get the colonialistic idea of what a human person is changed. Mm-hmm. That, that... It is written in in some of these documents through colonialism that the only way you can be a hu- a true human being is if you are male and yep. you have white skin. Yep. Yep. And absolutely. you and and your lineage actually leads back to other people with white skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. A very good point. And, and I can speak a couple of examples on that. So when you look mm-hmm. at Canada's immigration policies, and I don't just mean, you know, back then, but even now, but specifically when we have, you know, when you can look up, you know, primary documentation with the Canadian government that had preferred immigrants, right? And right on top was British white, right? Like white British individuals. Yes. Um, and then everybody else was categorized below that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and, and also I would point out the fact that when you have an American constitution that labels black people as two-thirds of a human, right? So you have any numbers, and, and we can talk about the slave trade and any number of other experiences where um, our systems come from a root, like the root of it is where they did categorize people and certain people were not considered human. Done, right? right. You, were, you were an object. You were part of an economic system. Uh, maybe you sat on resources that other people wanted. Um, and so you were removed. It, it's very much the, the concept of terra nullius, uh, the idea that there's nothing on the land. Well, when Christopher Columbus showed up, there were people on the land. Um, when Champlain, when uh, Cartier, when, when all the explorers, you know, started to explore Canada, there were people on the land. Um, and, and this notion that somehow uh, our entire system is based on this idea that only certain people are human, and that is codified into law, uh, really should let us to think, have, how far removed are we from that? And I don't think we are removed at all, sadly. Is, is, is sadly, no, no, we're not removed. You, you go yeah. back to, um, to the, the early um, 1600s, mm-hmm. and um, up to that point... Not only were there people on the land, there were countries with existing governments and cultures on the land. The the they the 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 picture that's painted in our history books is that of that of a savage, somebody running around in in a loincloth, and that's simply not not the truth. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes, um, absolutely. These were civilizations, right? Mm-hmm. These were these, these were nations with, with technology and and actually superior for that matter. Um, I always go back even to the Renaissance and the fact that so my family's Moroccan. Mm-hmm. The first university was started in Morocco. Um, a lot of the ideas we got for the Renaissance came from uh, you know North Africa. You know, like like just kind of. Um, uh, and, and Middle East, right? So how fascinating that that has been completely whitewashed and, and taken over by, by white voices. Um, and, and absolutely, yes, no, our, our curriculum is still not there in celebrating that excellence, uh, in celebrating that wealth of, of knowledge uh, that did exist and, and was just erased through genocide. And I mean that across the world. So yeah. slavery was a form of genocide, right? Um, you know, we, it's not just that, that there's one little way to, to it's a process that, that takes time. Um, yeah, and, and then, I mean, to add to that too, we then uh, raise the savage, like, you know, so we say, oh, you know, they're warriors. 
uh, Braves, right? There's you think about Disney um, or sports, <laughs> you know, and how they use um, they appropriate indigenous ideas uh, without ever asking permission, and 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 right, and and so you see that you see this weird idea that you know the noble savage. So we're going to build this box, we're going to put you in this box, and then, you know, we'll throw you a bone once every couple hundred yeah. years, but, but we're never actually going to talk about the fact that even the concept of warrior uh, looks very different in, in indigenous nations than it does in, you know, current day uh, definitions. Yes. Well, you, you talk about the, uh, how Disney whitewashes things. Um, mm. One of the... Um, the the princess idea the of course would, would be the indigenous uh princess according to disney um <coughs> the 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 only the only thread of truth in in the whole story that they tell is the names yeah <laughs> the yeah. rest of it is the rest of it is totally fabricated it doesn't even come yeah. close to the truth of, of what really happened Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think it bears pointing out then, so you have Disney that creates this narrative. Mm-hmm. That film did really well, right? Mm-hmm. So always to me, it's like, how do we reinforce the system? How do we ourselves um, look at ourselves internally to see what we are doing uh, to be complicit, to perpetrate, uh, to teach these, these ideals and these narratives? And I, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt anyone, but rather just to be introspective and, and to really think about uh, that, that positionality and the way we need to reflect on ourselves. So all these narratives from Disney to anything, you know, the, um, the feather headdresses that people would wear to Coachella, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of this, it, it's fascinating to think that people are buying that. People are speaking about it. People are using it, right? People are sharing it. So why should the system change? They're making money, right? right. Um, no, no one. And when I when I say no one, I mean like there isn't a large enough group of people saying no, right? Um, we're not going to allow you to bastardize and you know narratives on our history, um, and that's that's a burden, right? So for people that that do exist in those marginalized realities, they have to fight so hard, and it really is at this time as Black Lives Matter and all of that, you know. Where are the white people at? You know, like, like, where are the folks that contribute to the system, that have built the system, and continue to profit from the system? We all profit from black culture, but are we really willing to take our own stance and then push the system to transform it, rather than just, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter and, you know, just, just perform the idea that we care, but we don't, we don't use our money that way, we don't, um, you know, the, the things that we consume, uh, we, we still promote uh, very much an economic system, uh, a cultural system that actually does not elevate uh, indigenous black or, or, or people of color. Yeah, it's very true. When we look at um, our, our global leadership, um, especially um, the 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 person who who our prime minister who represents us on the global scale and versus mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump who represents the United States on the on a global scale um, mm-hmm. there seems it seems to be a difference but um, but at this point I I actually question the motives of both men 
Is Justin Trudeau deciding that he wants to see more investigation done into Alan Adams because he saw what happened um, with George Floyd? Mm-hmm. And how um, Donald Trump t- took the took this stance, th- took the stance that he did, and and he's totally siding with um, with 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 police actions and things like that, and he's calling for um, the Na- National Guard, which is a, a, of course a paramilitary organization in the United States, rather than um, the active military. There's a fine line between the two, and there's a very fine line in the U.S. between the two, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in look at the, look what's happening there. Is he, is he doing this just, just to keep the peace, or is he doing it because he really, he really cares? And does it matter? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think if you do your homework, I would suggest that the main search on, you know, investigating what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, that's already been done. Um, I'm thinking, you know, at the top of my head, I think of things like the Downtown Eastside Women's Center, who produced a report called Red Women Rising, mm-hmm. where they go into, and, and, I, and I shout out Harsha Walia, who was part of that, um, and, and who, you know, they lay out very clear um, examples, but also solutions from, you know, grassroots, you know, from women that, that are going through the struggle. And and actually, you know, so, so it's there. And, and, I mean, I can count to so many others, to be honest, right? So mm-hmm. we know what's going on. Uh, people have studied this because, unfortunately, as, as many Indigenous Black people of color will, will know, um, your voice is not appreciated as much. You have to be the, the perfect model minority, right, to ever get anywhere. Um, and so the amount of effort that's been put in to actually make their cases, uh, where you see half-assed, um, I'm sorry, half-hearted, um, you know, attempts by, by white politicians, to be quite honest, um, you know, that the level that, that, you know, others have to do is, is quite remarkable. So we, we've done the research. We've done the homework. Nobody says we shouldn't investigate further. You know, we always want to make sure we have solutions that, actually, you know, represent what's going on. But to to suggest that somehow it hasn't been done is quite ludicrous. Uh, It is. It really does raise a red flag in terms of, well, who exactly are you? And are you you really uh, the kind of leader um, that that is really going to transform things? Or are you just doing it to pander? Are you doing it to somehow um, placate, you know, the, um, um, sorry, the... um, the protest, right? The protesters. Uh, are you are you doing things to create a peace that is false? So when you mentioned the word peace earlier, um, again, really questioning that idea of what peace, whose peace, and and exactly how do you define peace? Uh, you know, it's like an ocean. You know, the top of the water uh, might be nice and smooth, but there's always a current underneath that that can kill you, quite literally. So yes. you know, to to me, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't sit well with me when they're like, oh, yeah, we'll investigate and we'll get somewhere. That time is over. That time has been over for a very long time. And, and I have to say that, you know, he may take a knee and, yes, compared to Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. But, but to be honest, if we're going to compare ourselves to the lowest standard possible, that's not good. <laughs> that should never be how we do things. 
We should never say, yeah, but we're better than, you know, the worst guys. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I just don't see that. And, and I think Canadians need to use their votes better. We need to speak more to that. We need to really see a transformation of what we see as leadership. Um, and I think if you look at uh, the leader of New Zealand, for example, where she's really taking some pretty drastic measures and, and, you know, and she's doing it with speed. And it's not lost in this whole, like, oh, we're just going to investigate, investigate, investigate. You know, um, it's not a loop. It's, it's, it's very much action. And so I think there is, and, and I can speak to many more examples, but there is leadership out there doing that work. There's leadership in our own community, in Indigenous communities, Black communities, people of color communities. But again, we need to elevate. We need to start looking at them because they do have the answers. They, right. they, there is incredible things going on in in black neighborhoods in America where they live a ghettoized experience. I say ghettoized as a process, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the fact that, you know, they've been pushed into this reality and they're creating incredible change, incredible systems of governance and, and public safety and, and uh, you know, health, all forms of things. You know, why aren't those people the ones that we see being put into the seats of power so that we have actual people that can say we know the answers. Um, I'm done investigating, right? Uh, There's just way too many examples. My my own students who who spoke at the rally on on Friday, um, and and when people then say, oh, you know, all lives matter, or really, you know, there's no, you know, is it really that bad at school? And I just tell them, like, please go watch the, the recorded, you know, video, right? Please watch the live stream. Listen. Just listen and, and listen to the stories and you'll actually realize, uh, you know, that you can actually find the answer much quicker and you don't have to pretend, you know, that you don't know yet. Yeah. Okay. So last night they had um, the, the provincial, our provincial government um, had a town hall meeting um, on anti-racism. And there was a continued theme in the comments, and I, I want to get your opinion on on this. They okay. said defund the police. Right. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So not a new concept at all. First of all, if people are wondering, oh, why is this popping up? Like it's 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 been something that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, one of the main features of defunding the police is the notion that currently, as our budget stands, we continuously fund policing um, and, and, and increase their budgets. Now, if you think about the pot of money that's available, it is not infinite. And so what happens is that we have a system where policing is constantly given their wish list, but, you know, healthcare mental health, um, you know, any other kind of frontline work is actually uh, stripped, it's actually starved, um, it's actually, you know, kind of left uh, wanting. And I can speak to this firsthand in going into meetings where a lot of frontline workers doing amazing work, uh, trying to elevate, trying not to criminalize, uh, are left fighting for scraps. Uh, you know, you, you apply for grants and you don't even get them. So then what, right? You have to shut your doors. So the idea of defunding the police is that we need to redistribute some of those funds. That, in fact, and and to be clear, that the police are tasked with more and more work, but because they are a traumatizing reality to many people, 
because of their history, when you think about the RCMP and, and being that, that enforcement arm of, of the settler colonial uh, takeover, um, the, the reality is all those things move forward. So in the case of Chantel Moore, you know, who shows up to what should be a mental health checkup is the police. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But guns do not solve mental health issues. Right? Guns do not solve mental health issues. So that's the point. So, you know, I hope people, I hope people do their homework. Um, because there is abolishing the police as well. I don't want to, to leave that out. So there are folks that will also yeah. say that we need to abolish the police. But but to be to do that, you do have to think about the budgets, right? So you do. You have cities that spend a huge amount, and provinces, and you know, depending on what the structure is like, that spend millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, simply, you know, right now there's a push for body cams, and Harsha Walia pointed out that's just giving more money to the police. You're not dealing with the realities of racism, with the realities of racial profiling, with the realities yeah. of poverty and criminalizing, you know, brown and black bodies. Like, you're not actually dealing with the root problem. Once again, you're throwing money at what does not really do much but react rather than prevent. Yeah. So by, well, by defunding, we're moving those funds over um, mm-hmm. and, and trying to, and, and actually providing the support that is often asked for by, by, by our citizens, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's also, to be honest, to kind of move away from militarization. We're seeing that, you know, you look um, across the world, it's happening, but you compare, you know, you look at what the police have um, available to them to use, and more and more, it's, it's, it's militarized weaponry. It's, it's militarized, you know, vehicles. Uh, it's militarized uniforms. And, and to me, that does not speak to a peace officer at all. Yeah. The, um, it- of course, uh, the certain detachment of the RCMP, they own a tank. They I'm literally, sorry, can you repeat that? The, the, RC, the, RC, the Surrey RCMP detachment owns a mm-hmm. tank. I've seen it. Yes. I have <laughs> I've, I've actually seen it. Ro- it, it pulled up two doors down from where I was living to take down a, a drug house. Yeah. Now... Okay, I'm going to get get to this. Okay, because police, there are levels of police that really do chase down bad guys, but that level of police, we we only see them in say the case where where there was a stabbing in uh, in South Surrey, and I happened to be less than 300 feet away from where it actually happened, and I was mm-hmm. asked questions 
in my home by a detective. That detective mm-hmm. is actually chasing bad guys. You yeah. li- li- literally going after people who have committed a crime and trying to prove what actually happened, trying to test it. Mm-hmm. That level of policing does need to be funded because yes, we do need that that level. I I can I can see that. But what I can't see is increasing the level of patrols on the street. Yeah, uh, so there's a instead lot of different of, opinions on that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Instead, instead yeah. of funding funding that, why don't we fund mental health people who show up um, when there's somebody uh, down on the street who uh, either for whatever the drug is they they they've consumed too much of whatever that drug is. I, I it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if if it's a homeless person who's who's drunk, or if it's somebody who's shot up heroin, it's like, when you have a person in body armor with a taser, um, a gun, and other other assorted weaponry on them, all it does is freak people out. Yes, and, and causes trauma, to be mm-hmm. clear, right? Yes. So, uh, you, you have some, some violence that occurs there, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally. Um, yeah, and, like, again, there's a lot of different views on this. Um, I encourage you to maybe bring on some of those people, right, that can mm-hmm. speak more to their, their opinions. Um, because some folks will tell you, but even from the perspective of, of that baseline of policing, that's not necessary either, right? That if we are truly to decolonize, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ways to, to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an example that I can give you in the sense of, if you think of like the Robert Picton case. Yes. So you had, at least as far as we know, uh, you know, the largest amount of, uh, like uh, the worst serial killer in Kane history who basically targeted, uh, preyed on, uh, women often marginalized, Mm -hmm. uh, often indigenous black, people of color, and and had, you know, a wide variety of jobs and all kinds of things, but we do know he definitely had a, a prey, one of his grounds that he preyed on was the downtown east side. Uh, because of the failure to see those women and to actively engage in investigation, because, and, and, you know, because they just thought, oh, they're, they're indigenous, uh, you know, they're, they're sex workers. And I'm using the right term, right? <laughs> they didn't use yeah. the word sex worker. Um, you know, that, oh, they just move. These women disappear. You know, very patriarchal, very misogynistic ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that led to the death of 69 women, if not more. And yeah. so out of that, when Wally Opal did the inquiry on what went wrong, because he was active for decades, uh, was the reality that they had, you know, the communication had broken down. That Coquitlam police... I uh, didn't really know what was going on in Vancouver, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So they built better communications, right, from that, where now it's a more shared system. So that that's, you know, you say, okay, good, right? Like, they, they did something to make things better. Again, the problem is you're not dealing with the underlying problem. <laughs> and so I think when we think about policing, we shouldn't go to policing as the first solution. And I can tell you, I know officers that will say the exact same thing. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to arrest our way out of this problem. 
to react is already a failure. Right. I, I sat in a room with uh, the Solicitor General, and they had a whole bunch of people talking about issues of, of gang violence and an officer, and, and, I, and I, I won't say their name right now, but because uh, it is, I mean, it's public record. I think I could probably find it. That actually said, it, when we show up, we have failed. And I think we need to really start, like, in the discussion that needs to be had about what changes need to be made, whether that's abolishing or defunding or whatever, mm-hmm. that we keep that in mind. When we have to, when you have a family that has to deal with a stabbing, uh, you know, a, a hate crime incident, uh, domestic abuse, rape, murder, whatever, mm-hmm. that, again, we've already failed. The trauma already has happened. And I, and I think that's the larger goal in all this. Um, we need to stop using Band-Aid solutions to solve problems that are systemic, that are not individual, and yes, call on us to decolonize, call on us to really, really, really shake things up. Yeah. And I know that's a scary thought for some people, um, but the power imbalance as it is, we need to stop thinking that somehow we can access that power. It's, it's so much out of our hands for most of us who live in North America. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this idea of the American dream or, you know, and, you know we don't even have a Canadian dream, but there's the idea of a Canada these ideas are colonial, and, and they're not accessible. And we saw with COVID the reality of that. Yeah. Just how many millions of people do not have access to that, you know, to that success. Yeah. I, when, you t- when we talk about, about colonialism, though, is a, the difference between um, America calls themselves a mel- melting pot. And Canadians, they, they, they consider themselves to be um, the fruit salad. In either direction, it is colonialism, though. It doesn't matter that, oh, we try to preserve the, the, the culture of, of everybody who lives here. It's still colonialism. It still is. And it still is, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I guess if, if it's a fruit salad versus a, mel- versus a melting pot, it's supposed to be an easier way to swallow colonialism, but it's still colonialism. And yeah, and look, uh, you know, uh, we can theorize all day, right? Mm-hmm. And debate and get lost in these arguments. And, you know, for any number of reasons, you know, like someone with privilege might win that argument because they're just, you know, they have access to things that other people don't. But I say always look... At the actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Right before COVID, we were in the middle of some major, amazing activism by Indigenous nations to really hold the Canadian government accountable. And what happened? Right, people were talking about, we should call the police in, and even worse, right? <laughs> you know, we should call the military in. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw folks actively advocating for running their vehicles, their big rigs through crowds. Um, you know, the anger and the vitriol that Indigenous people face because they dared say, this is not working. And literally, a couple of weeks later, the whole, the whole country shut down anyways. So you want to know how colonialism still exists, even though it looks different. Um, you know, it, it operates differently. I mean, that's a sign of how ingrained the system is, that it can adapt. It can shift. It can look different, but it's still there. 
Yes. And and again, I say just, you know, 2020 has been pretty crazy. Um, but just go back, you know, a couple months and you have a really, really big example. And even the election, I would say, where, again, our prime minister makes it seem as if if you're against pipelines, um, if you're if you're trying to fight for, you know, a true green revolution that is decolonized, somehow you're you're a terrorist, you're you're anti-Canadian. And, you know, he's good with his language. The semantics, you know, they never said that outright. But you know what? You say that when you have police show up and take down, you know, the what's the wedding, right? When yes. you have, you know, um, sharpshooters and all kinds of things. You know, that to me shows how violent, you know, that current actually is under that peaceful, you know, top layer. Right. Or are we really looking for peace? Are we looking for a conjoined shared love that that shows everybody is equal in just about every essential way possible? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, in China, they use the concept of harmony, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very similar to peace. So, you know, keep the harmony. But look at the human rights abuses that have occurred because of that. So yeah. this is not just a North American issue. Uh, we can, no. you know, or Turtle Island, you know, a lot of places in the world, they just conceptualize it differently. But it's very much an assimilative, genocidal, depending on where you are, um, kind of practice and process. And we, we need to learn that, you know, we're like the frog in the boiling water. You know, if you turn up the heat a little bit at a time, you don't know the difference. But mm-hmm. we're headed to a very destructive path. Um, rather than going, wait a minute, you know, why is the temperature rising, right? And and how come it's been going on for so long? Yeah, you're, you're right. The, t- the temperature is rising in, in several different ways. And yeah. um, there are, the answers are probably sitting, sitting right in front of our faces. Um, I'm going to use the analogy of under our noses um, because we can't see what's under our nose. Um, until we move our heads. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's the whole point is we have to move our heads. We have to adjust our frame of view so that we can see what is there. And the, and we have, we, I'm sure we have the answers to all this. We have the answers to, to how we, we solve, um, the pandemic that, that's going on here in 2020. Um, we have the answers to the systemic racism. We have the answers to the uh, to to what one of the the underlying um, reasons for um, it. I'm going to put it, put this a little differently. It is um, it's a little differently. It is. Um, somewhere, somewhere along the line, we criminalized poverty. Right. Yeah. And we have the answer to decriminalize poverty so that we all can feel equal, don't we? We have those answers. Yeah. We really do. Mm-hmm. We really do. And we saw that a little bit with COVID when all of a sudden concepts of universal basic income started to come forward. Um, you know, safe supply. I know it's not 
perfect, kind of almost like an experiment, but, uh, but, but safe supply all of a sudden was put into place after years of asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is where it's really hard for people that are fighting for these rights. As was said at the Black Lives Rally on, uh, sorry, on like the first one that was held on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, an amazing black woman, Adele, said, why won't you fight for me? Why won't you fight for me? So we see how in emergencies we're willing to step up and, and help. But this is an emergency too, right? The reality of systemic racism, the reality of our settler colonial system not being built for all of us. These are emergencies. And, you know, just like the, I can't breathe. People cannot breathe. And the fact that so many of us are ignorant to that is highly problematic. And that's where the trauma comes. Because we can wear the right shirt and put up the right Instagram post and attend a rally. But if we're actually not willing to really look at the people around us and to go, my God, you're drowning. You know, wait a minute. I haven't changed or transformed anything yet. We need to be doing more of that work. Because, again, this is a very, very difficult time for so many people. And, and I think, and I have to say, just absolutely, we criminalize poverty. Uh, we criminalize so many different things. And we really need to start realizing that those things happen through microaggressions. They, they happen through a thousand cuts. There is no major, you know, riot where the police storm in. And I mean riot by the police, not, not the protesters. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where there's like a, uh, like Jalawala Bag in 1919, uh, in Amritsar, where the British, you know, empire comes in and, and slaughters hundreds and hundreds of people near the Golden Temple. I, you're yeah. not really going to see that happen here, right? No. But it's happening just in, in, in hidden ways, in ways that are so normalized that we teach about it at school. Like mm-hmm. we, we perpetrate it, right? We, we, we don't have, uh, we, we're not as inclusive. We're, we're not, we don't have the right resources. And for the most part, we don't really question that enough. So that's violence too. Yes. It's good. It's, it's going to take all of us coming, coming together, um, to, 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 to see any, any real change. Um, yeah. In in the U.S., the the uh, a White House representative, uh, after um, they tear gassed uh, people in front of a church, um, yeah. she came on and, and she and she started quoting from Martin Luther King about his "I, I Have a Dream" speech. Yeah. Um, in order for Martin Luther King had a legitimate dream, a real dream, that dream of of equality for everyone. It didn't doesn't matter that that we see what is inside of people and in order for that dream to happen we have to we have to find not only the right leadership but the right systems to to make to make the those things happen right yeah yeah so absolutely and you know Martin Luther King Jr has been so um he was a radical Mm-hmm. He called out the economic system. He was calling out Vietnam. You know, I mean, and he was really turning into that 
uh, more radicalized notion, especially, you know, right before he was assassinated. And again, it's, it's just, I should step away. Sorry, I've arrived at the rally. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so, the, so the fact that we see, uh, we, we see him being appropriated once again. And, oh, no, you know, he wouldn't want this. He wouldn't want that. Are you kidding me? He wants it all, right? When he, when he spoke about what changes needed to happen, they were deep. They were systemic. And, mm-hmm. and absolutely, the idea is that you look at someone's character, right? Absolutely, you look at beyond just what someone looks like. But what he wanted to do was dismantle that white supremacist, that, that, that racist structure, right? So that what you look like doesn't matter. It right. wasn't that he, he, didn't, he didn't believe that there was a white system, right? A white supremacist system. Absolutely, he believed it. And, and that's what he was really getting at. And again, it's a lot of people, you know, pushing out those deeper quotes and those speeches that he gave that maybe didn't get, you know, all the attention. Um, because sadly, I mean, he died at, he was murdered at 39, right? He was very young. Um, and so, you know, again, this idea that I know the messaging might be harsh for some folks. But that's where you learn. That's where you change. You know, that discomfort, that moment of, wait, what? And the reality of that, we need to validate people's anger. This is is people's lives. These are people's entire existences for thousands of years. And this notion that somehow you have to sit down, be quiet, protest the right way. As we now see, there is no way to protest. The system will continually try to shut down protests. Every single time. Yeah. There is, and, and so when you're up against the wall like that, what do you think is going to happen? And, yeah. you know, I think it's a message of solidarity to say for those of us with privilege, including myself, you know, what's something we can do to normalize this notion of system disrupting, of, of really finding ways to come together so that the anger, you know, is not shut down. If, if, we, can, if we can truly use that privilege and our spaces to to have those conversations, maybe then we can move forward. Maybe then there's, there's that path of reconciliation. There's that path to actually, you know, transform the system. Um, but, but I think sadly, I don't see that as much right now. Um, it's still very early days. And I know there's a lot of concerns that even with police brutality, you know, a band-aid will be slapped over it again and we'll have to wait for the next time. And, you know, and I have to say, what's truly sad is that the next time is not far away. No. The ne- like, look at Canada. The next time is literally a day from now, right? Um, and so this mm-hmm. idea that somehow these don't happen often, they happen every day. I, and, and again, that's why, like, so why aren't we galvanized more, right? Why aren't hundreds of millions taken to the streets of America, right? Why, you know, we have 37 million in Canada, something like that. You know, why don't we have tens of millions attending rallies? Um, we, we still have, a, you know, we still have a lot more to do in terms of truly showing the system that we no longer want it, that it, that it never worked. Um, and, and, and that's where my head's at right now in terms of, you know, what to do to move forward. Yeah. So we, there's, there's a lot of work to be done and, um, in we we are looking at a an unknown. Also, yeah. we don't yeah. know what we don't know what what the result is, and we have to somehow or another 
push our leadership to strive out for that for that unknown that unknown that actually brings all of us together so, yeah um, absolutely and and at the end of the day i mean i think the reality is we have to change our leadership Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think most people can only point to a handful of people that they actually trust, that they actually think they actually think believe in systemic change. Um, and I, I, to me, it is it's it's a bit of a clarion call. It's a bit of a you know a, a notice to to our politicians at every level. Uh, it, the time is to step up. The time to step up is now. And if all you give us is perf- you know performative kind of actions. Um, do not treat the electorate as idiots. Do not treat the activists and the people fighting for their lives as if, you know, uh, three, four words will, will solve all these problems. Um, we're listening, we're being critical, and we are going to hold them accountable. Um, I only hope, you know, there's an election in November in America. There's, you know, the provincial elections are coming, not, you know, not too long from now. Um, the times will come when in our democracy, since we use, you know, the voting system, uh, then we then have to step up and, and make sure that that accountability is a strong one and that we truly use our votes to show that we're sick of, you know, the same old. We have to make sure, we have to ensure that also that we have systems that count every vote. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. 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 That's a great point. I, I think I think that here in Canada we do have a a potential leader that um, and while while this is a, a, a political show this is not this is not a campaign thing at all I do I don't really support any one particular party I'm going to preface that when I say that I think that Jagmeet has some really good ideas of how we can get out of move forward and, and and find the find those right ideas i think the jack meat has has some really good ideas towards that um and i'm not singling them out just be just to be an ndp person but i'm singling him out because because i like his ideas yeah and i think yeah putting politics aside um you're seeing someone that does not hold the opposition party position right so, you know, by the numbers, it doesn't seem like there'd be a lot of power. But in this emergency, you know, time, has steps forward to, to change the direction. And, and, and I agree. So, so when I look at leaders, I look at the ability to dialogue. I look at the ability to, you know, to take action no matter what. No matter how small you are, no matter how people say, oh, you know, you don't really have power. Uh, to really take the time and take that space. And, and, I've, and, and I've seen that out of him. Uh, more than Trudeau, more than Sheer, you know, mm-hmm. more than the other, you know, national leaders, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he has has an, an innate willingness to work to want to work with others to to fix um, issues, and that's what our leadership needs to have happen. That's what um, th- those sort of sort of ideas were were present in um, in World War Two. Mm-hmm. The the leadership willing willing and wanting to work with each other to to solve what was the issue at the time, and yeah. uh, and in 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 what was was a genocide then. So, um, yeah, this, this I, we're I think think in some respects we're facing a genocide. It's just it's it has a little different face than what it did in World War Two. Yeah, yeah. 
So. Yeah, I, I, I also I go back even further to things like the Iroquois Confederacy, uh, you know, indigenous forms of governance that, you know, they came to the table willing to talk and in and, and, mm-hmm. and, and stewardship, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the ideas of, of using eldership, right? To, to kind of guide the way forward. So we've seen, we've seen multiple examples of how that's possible. Um, I looked at things like in Rwanda uh, and their truth and reconciliation work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Africa, right? Like there, there's, uh, you know, the work being done currently by Uyghur Muslims in China and Rohingya Muslims in, in Myanmar. Um, there's just, there's so much leadership and, and ways to take action. Um, and again, I think as Canadians, we need to stop being complacent that, you know, half-hearted is good enough that, well, we're not the states, which is a lie, obviously, but, you know, that's what's said. Um, like these notions, it just shows how much privilege we're steeped in, uh, how much ignorance we have within ourselves, and, and how we're not really questioning our own prejudice that allows us to build these blind spots. Um, you know, it's just, I, I always it goes back to the idea of who we are as people, and, you know, we can talk a good game, but we, do, we, do we actually practice it? And, and our government models, they, use it, they take advantage of that. They, they almost prefer apathy. They, they you know they, they prefer a populace that doesn't really question things. And and I and I think as an educator, uh, teaching that critical thinking skill, teaching that that problem posing, teaching that that liberatory framework, is you know to to have one's identity come forward. You know that is what we need to do instead of pushing content uh, that is often Eurocentric uh, and 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 erases many, many, many other stories. Uh, and so I think, you know, I would say to anyone listening is, is that idea of who are you, what's your privilege, what position, what spaces do you hold, and, and, and to just keep thinking. No one's perfect. We always learn. We always grow. Um, we, 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 we take action, you know, if, if we do something wrong. But we have to address it as something that's not one way. There's violence to it, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our actions have consequences. So... You know, while the government's a large entity and people might feel overwhelmed as to how to take that on, uh, really the work starts within. And if we all did that, it would actually take the burden off just certain Indigenous people, Black people of color, to do that fight. Uh, actually, the work is, is on white folks and white-passing folks and, uh, you know, to, to really think about how we can help shoulder that burden. And, and learning and, and educating ourselves is has to be step number one thank you for that and you know what we're gonna we're gonna close close on on those words and thank everybody for listening because that was very well put always a pleasure all right Uh, um until next time for everybody listening any um please give a call anytime uh do you you have a you have a thought or you know that there's something that needs to be said Okay. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you right. so much. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.
This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information.